Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 29 for Monday, May 7th. I'm Alex Zui and I'm here with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? I'm good as always. We're getting close to the dog days of summer right now, but we got more school. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I mean, this was a really exciting weekend, though, baseball-wise. I mean, eight walk-off hits over the weekend. Like, that's a lot of exciting baseball. There was no hitter. There was a lot of stuff going on in a very short amount of time. Milestones, yeah. Why don't we start with the milestone? Because, I don't know, milestones are something that everybody likes to talk about. Let's talk about Albert Pools, who reached 3,000 hits on Friday. And that Angels-Mariners series was something else, not just because of that. That was just kind of one of many eventful things going on over the weekend up in Seattle. But, yeah, Pools is in the 3,000 hit club now. Uh, Everybody knew it was going to happen. It was a matter of when. And, you know, I don't think I have too much to say about the the event itself. (laughs) That's something that, you know, is kind of boring to me. I don't, you know, it's cool, like, good job, but he's not a good player anymore. It's not quite as glorious as it could have been. Um, So, I don't know, do you have anything to say about Albert Pools before we talk about the actual exciting stuff from the series? Uh, I mean, certainly a huge accomplishment. I think... There's 20-something guys with 3,000 hits, only he's one of four of them with 600-plus home runs to go with that, which is amazing. Um, First spot Hall of Famer. Uh, But, yeah, it seemed like, at least on that night, like you said, he's not the biggest star anymore. He's just kind of chugging, and there was a lot. There's kind of a bigger story on that night, too. So On that night? On Friday night. Yeah. We'll talk about that We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a bit. But, yeah, this is a crazy series Mm -hmm. and i believe i saw something that's kind of cool is this is the fourth straight season where somebody's recorded their 3000th hit and they've done it in the i think they've hit for the cycle the four hitters that have reached their 3000th hit in the last four seasons uh alex rodriguez was one of them that was four four years ago it was a homer and then Three years Ichiro, ago, Ichiro was with Ichiro. a triple. Was that three years ago? Um, well, no, that was two. It was three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, and last, and in, in this year, right? So that's yeah. Well, not I was wrong from the beginning. I, I've kind of butchered <laughs> that one. But Arod three years ago, Ichiro two years ago hit a triple for his three thousandth hit. Last year, Adrian Beltre hit a double for his three thousandth hit, and then Albert Pujols hit a single. Uh, on Friday, so that's four years in a row. Is anybody gonna hit for the three thousands hit next year? I I don't know if anybody. Nobody's close. Nobody's close. Okay. I Doesn't, saw the list. I can't, I can't remember who's on it. Nobody like the highest guy like twenty six hundred. Doesn't like look like it then. I don't know. So, you know, congratulations, the machine has done it. So, with this, the rest of the series. So that Saturday game, where the Mariners. Ended up winning in 12 innings after coming back three different times to win against the Angels. Man, I, I can't imagine the anxiety to go along with that. And that's certainly one of the more entertaining games in terms of lead changes that I've ever seen. So I, I don't feel the need to summarize the entire thing, but it, you know, it was... It, it was two times in extra innings where the Mariners came back 
and the Angels actually scored in the top of the 12th inning, and the Mariners scored two. So, you know, I don't know. It was just pretty cool. Something cool to talk yeah. about. Um, Rob, Rob Manfred can't catch a break with these extra inning games. No, I mean, you know, we want baseball to be longer. You know, all the players want to be out there as long as possible, I'm sure, right? And free baseball is always good for fans. Yeah, so no complaints there. Um, and then Otani, of course, on Sunday, who is it – was, it was cool seeing him meet Ichiro for the first time. I think it was the first time they've met, right? Or just the first um, time stateside that they've met? I, I'm not going to pro- pretend to know. Yeah, I'm not going to know either. Okay. Well, he was good again. He threw six – or he threw six innings, gave up two earned runs, but both of those were in the seventh inning. Like he threw six innings, six clean. plus, yeah, six clean innings, and then gave up a two-run bomb in the seventh inning. Um, so yeah, I it's amazing that what one month into the season we're already kind of off the Otani hype. I I thought it would last longer. You know, I'm still watching every single Otani at bat in. You know, watching his starts with great interest, but it doesn't seem, from a media perspective, that they're they're about him as much anymore. I don't know if it was because he was dealing with nagging injuries in the middle there, or what was going on, but you know, this is still amazing what he's doing. He's he's still doing all the same things, and now it's kind of like, all right, we're already used to it, so. Are are you used to Otani at this point? Is it is it boring for you yet? I mean, it's not appointment viewing for me. Um, I I don't know if it's we just got into May about a week into May, so I feel like it's starting to get to that just the grind. Not really any like huge major and plus Acuna came up, so but he's in, was, this guy he's incredible. He's doing I know he's it's being a two way player successfully and now we're kind of like okay he did it all right now you can just do your thing i i, I think it's at that point where he's he's he started off hot but he's not at necessarily the point yet where it can be deemed like this is truly remarkable that he's successful for this long i think it's just that awkward middle part of okay we're still waiting on full validation but the hype has died down from the beginning all right i mean yeah it's it's trending downwards for sure Hopefully Otani does some incredible stuff going forward. Even it's already incredible what he's doing, but you know, kind of renew that interest um, because that's really all I still want to talk about. But you know, he's not given us that much to talk about. You know, we talk about when he makes his start against the team that was supposed to sign him in the off season. Mariners fans booing him. You know, that's it's fun, but you know, even that wasn't even played up that much. You know. I just think about the off season, how heartbroken um, Mariners fans were, and how all the memes about Jerry Depoto, you know, not getting out of bed for a month after not being able to land Otani. It was, it was a much bigger deal then than it is now. Um, I, I feel like if the I feel like the Angels aren't doing a good job happening him up either. Like they 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 seem to not really like be a be on top of like this is truly remarkable what we have the angels were relying on national media which is not a good thing to rely on to carry otani mm-hmm. yeah and same with mike trout it was inevitable um and then the one other note from that series that i wanted to to mention was that jabari blash remember him former padres legend jabari blash hit a foul ball 
this is with the Angels, by the way. He's with the Angels. That's not something I expect people to know. He hit a foul ball out of Safeco Field at at 115 miles an hour on Sunday. So basically, like the farthest home run you can imagine at that field. Think Aaron Judge last season going up to the you know the top row of of Safeco in the very back portion of left field. Just imagine that in foul territory and actually just clearing the railing that goes out of the ballpark. And I think it was off of Felix Hernandez, right? Is that... I think that's uh, I don't believe of. it was. Okay, then it was off of somebody else. Um, Mariners pitching is not no, name recognition worthy. So, you know, I don't know. I always like stuff like that. Just incredible feats of human strength and human ability. You know, I can't, and it made me think, you know, as a Yankees fan, of course, I think, you know, Aaron Judge does that all the time. And then I also thought, well, he hasn't really done it this year. He hasn't hit any, like, incredible home runs this year. You know, all his home runs are, you know, nice. Oh, we'll take them. But he hasn't hit any, you know, 490-foot homers yet. So we're still waiting on that. Maybe Jabari Blash will hit one in his, in his time with the Angels if he makes enough contact. So... That was something else I want to mention, and um, let's let's talk about something that's a little bit different. Not just a, a recap of the weekend, but I'll bring it up now because we're talking about the Angels and in their series last week against Baltimore. Uh, Ian Kinsler had an at bat where he was grinding it out against the pitcher, and he drew four balls, four balls that were clearly called balls by the umpire. There was no confusion on any of the calls that were made uh, but nobody seemed to notice I don't know if it was a scoreboard error or what happened but nobody noticed and then Ian Kinsler went on to strike out in that at bat where he re- where he had four balls thrown to him <laughs> basically and I'm baffled it's happened things like this have happened before I every time I ask how can this continue to happen with just such incompetence all around think about how many people are at a baseball game and this is with people in the dugouts people on the field that are supposed to be so finely tuned to all the details of what's going on and not one person notices that something's up and that I just don't understand how that can happen especially today where you can you know have in immediate replay feedback video feedback uh, with what's going on I, I have I have no words for what happened. Is there any excuse for something like that happening? Does it make your blood boil a little bit like it does mine? I mean, kind of. Like I said, it's not it's an error on everybody's part. You can't blame one singular person. Like you can't be as the umpire and think, oh, the umpire screwed up. But like, no, everybody else should have noticed and corrected him. Yeah, but he did screw it, up. Like I, no, no, everybody. I'm not screwed saying up. He, I'm not saying he didn't. <laughs> Everybody screwed up. It's not a win for anybody at this point. It's, I mean, how everybody seemed so disengaged. I assume the Mariners probably knew and they didn't say anything. Um, oh, this or is the, the Orioles. Orioles. It was the yeah. Orioles. Yeah. I assume because when you're on a team, you're like, don't say anything. He's not walking. But nobody in the Angels had the wherewithal to realize that looked like four balls. Hey, isn't that four balls? That, like nobody, nobody in the stands just shouted, "Hey, isn't that?" Isn't that ball four and made somebody react in some way? Nobody noticed. Yeah. So, I mean, the Angels broadcast broadcast booth noticed 
after the fact they showed the full pitch sequence that you know made things really obvious and made everybody look even more foolish but a little too late there you can't go back and give ian kinsler a walk there even though he drew a walk um, he, he, sh- he should get a walk on his stats just one, but still have that K. Mm-hmm. So, of course, unacceptable that can happen at all. But then this happened, or a, this sort of error where everybody just completely drops the ball and screws up, happened twice in the same week because in an even more important scenario, I would argue, Christian Yelich against the Pirates at home hit a foul ball that was very clearly a home run. It was down the right field line within the the fair pole, and it was called a foul ball. Yelich reacted and is like, "Oh, are you sure about that?" But nothing beyond that happened. No, no replay review, no, no umpires that challenged the the call that was made by I guess what the first base umpire makes that call in a normal game. No other deliberation amongst umpires just accepted it was a foul ball um you know there wasn't complete and utter outrage in the ballpark which you know i would expect there to be in a case like that the ball was fair i don't maybe i'll be able to link the video or something in the description but the ball was very very clearly fair it must have been fair by at least five or six feet and it went you know you can see on the camera that it goes well behind the foul pole you know the way the ball tails so two different umpiring crews two different ballparks and scenarios where nobody really seems to understand what's going on and then also Yelich struck out the very next pitch in that at bat so I don't I don't know what to say about that I don't I don't know what else to say other than is is there something that needs to be done differently with with the way replay is is done is there i i mean how i mean there are mechanisms in place for that it's not i, I mean the, i don't I know how if you're the brewers must. you don't take a quick look at that replay and say hey that looked that looked fair oh. uh like even if two umpires missed the call it, it's the same thing with the angels like you still should have the wherewithal to correct or correct a, a mistake by by the umpires they didn't go they didn't do their part in in getting the right call made yeah it's it's always frustrating i mean i i think i remember joey Votto walked on three pitch on three balls uh this is probably a couple years ago now but the same kind of thing just how does nobody notice this people need to to get it together this is twice in one week too i don't think i've ever seen i mean i have seen some pretty impressive incompetence by major league umpires and major league players but not in this combination in such you know close proximity to one another so yeah that was a little that was a little rant there about just incompetence in baseball that's that's something that's always going to be there i guess and i just have to accept it but i can get angry about it i'm allowed to get angry about it let's talk about the dodgers no hitter i know you've been yes. you've been ready for it and i'm going to go ahead and say in my opinion probably the most boring no hitter that I can recall in recent history. I mean, not for me, but I know not for you. But it was a combined no hitter. It was in. They were playing the series in Mexico. The Dodgers and the Padres were, um, you know, just something something different to do. I don't think there was any reason 
other than you know just publicity and doing something different but it was walker bueller who is a really intriguing pitcher starting the game and he threw six innings and struck out eight walked three 93 pitches you know good line no hits really good job from him and then they bring in tony singrani right that's his name and then um i don't even know the the first names of these the next pitchers that came into the game garcia and adam and adam lipitor and believe me, with the way the Dodgers' bullpen's been struggling, the last three innings were very stressful, especially with Libertor, because he has not been sharp. But uh, Yimi Garcia, second game back since uh, April 2016. He's had a combination of injuries that have kept him out, so it's exciting to see him back. But, I mean, a no-hitter still a no-hitter. And I think – I don't know why – I expected there to be more outrage when they pulled Walker Buehler, but everybody seemed to more accept it. I guess, because um, it, it was between innings. It wasn't in the middle of an inning. Yeah, and it's not even the um, first time this year that, that it's happened where a pitcher yeah. got... It wasn't even the only time this weekend where a pitcher got <laughs> through six innings of no-hit ball. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, it's normal now. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I agree with you. There's, I mean, I, combined no-hitter takes takes away from it a little bit, but I it was nice that the, the setting in, in, in Monterey, Mexico with two teams that are very connected with just fans from Mexico. Uh, it was nice to see in, in Walker Buehler to have a shutdown start like that was 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 uh, comforting as a Dodgers fan. Yeah, it was nice. That's probably the, the best word that I can use for it. Like, I, I think the, the fact that it was in a different ballpark is like unfamiliar major league setting against the, the Padres of all teams. You know, it, it wasn't as surprising as, you know, Sean, Sean Mania no hitting the Red Sox in Oakland, for instance. You know, that one was way more exciting. Um, but yeah, you know, it is a no hitter. It can't take away from that. And the Padres did manage to win the Mexico series two games to one. They won the next two games. Wow. And the Dodgers are not in great shape right now. Uh, Clayton Kershaw actually just hit the DL with bicep tendinitis. So there's another one on the shelf go figure but you can go ahead and event about the Dodgers if you want or express your your lack of panic if that's where you stand right now so I'm not panicking yet it is still early May uh the Dodgers do have a lot of prominent names on the DL uh Puig Forsyth Turner's not back yet Seager's known for the year Kershaw Ryu uh Hill is dealing with a finger infection um so but not not panicking yet. They lost two out, two out of three to to the um, to the Padres, but the bullpen is settling down a little bit. Uh, at least the last like five days or so, they they split with the D backs before they came over. It seems like they take one step forward, another step back. Um, so, and last last two years when Kershaw's been out, they've had winning records with him out. Now that might not be with the myriad of injuries they already have, but. I think if they can survive Kershaw being out for, and it might not be that long. Kershaw might only serve that, that just a minimum ten days on the DL with bicep tendonitis, and who knows, maybe when that's done, he'll he'll get back to throwing ninety three, ninety four, because his fastball velocity has been down a couple ticks. But um, I, for now, I still have confidence that they're going to be fine. I'm not panicking yet. All right. Well, I I want to be here when you do start panicking. I think that's going to be fun. So. I, I don't know if I'm going to panic. I, I mean, hope you're I'm, here to panic. I, I enjoy I'm, panic. So 
I don't enjoy Panic because he hits too many home runs against us. Yeah, I mean, if you're not panicking about Panic, then I don't know what you'll panic about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's we'll we'll move on from the Dodgers Padres series. There, uh, we'll talk about a few more series throughout <clears throat> this podcast, and we'll break it up in the middle here with another little game. So, uh, before we get to that, let's talk Indians and Yankees because it wouldn't be a normal podcast without talking about the Dodgers, the Angels, and the Yankees. I think those are the big three, right? That we always seem to talk about. Well, maybe they should just stop being so gosh darn interesting then we want to talk about a more diverse array of teams. Well, the Indians and Yankees had themselves quite a weekend. Two walk-off hits for the Yankees, and they swept the series. It was not a pretty series by any means. You know, I definitely thrilled with the outcome but i'm super concerned i'm almost panicking about what the yankees are throwing (laughs) out of the back end of their bullpen you know so on friday miguel andujar had a walk-off single uh in a game that the yankees were looking like they were supposed to coast through but then the indians scored five runs in the eighth and a lot of other nonsense happened and yankees ended up winning so all, all is well fine all is forgiven on Saturday, that one was pretty boring and clean. On Sunday, uh, it was supposed to be a bullpen game for the Yankees. Uh, Domingo Herman got the start for the Yankees and threw six innings of no-hit baseball. Hey, kind of like Walker Bueller with nine Ks and a couple walks. Then after that, everything kind of imploded. Dellen Batances gave up the first runs of the game because Mike Clevenger was matching uh, Herman to that point. So Dellen Batances kind of imploded okay that's kind of normal you know whatever then Aaron Boone for whatever reason didn't go to any of the other main bullpen pieces right after that you know he didn't go to Canely or Robertson or Chad Green I think some of them are unavailable anyway but um, you know then we get to see the the bottom of the barrel Yankees relievers come in and give up a bunch of runs but then the Yankees decided they can score a bunch of runs too and ended up winning on the Gleyber Torres walk-off homer so all's forgiven again right so three wins s- seamless right nothing nothing wrong with the Yankees uh I wish that were the case I'm kind of concerned the core of their lineup has been really quite awful you know that being Aaron Judge um Aaron Hicks obviously has been hitting higher up with everything going on Brett Gardner hasn't been hitting uh DD has been cold since you know winning player of the month so yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's all I have to say about that. You know, I'll take three wins. The young players are doing their things. I love Gleyber Torres even more than I did before. So, yeah, that that was my take on the series. Uh, Francisco Lindor did take home Player of the Week honors. You know, aside from a shaky Indians Yankees series there at the end of the week, he had a really amazing week. They had a doubleheader in the mix there too. I think he played eight games, but. Yeah, he's back to being Francisco Lindor, so that's always better for baseball. So, all right, let's take a break from just talking about the weekend series. There was a lot of other very exciting games this weekend, a lot of other exciting series, but we'll take a break. And, Ray, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what we're going to be doing? Well, yeah, so in honor of, if you haven't heard, if you're not into hockey, the Vegas Golden Knights in their inaugural expansion season um, are on to the Western Conference Finals in the National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, 
by far the best of any inaugural season by any expansion team in the history of the NHL. Uh, so in honor of that, I tried to do something with expansion teams, but I thought might as well just keep it baseball related. Uh, so I'm going to quiz Uwe on uh, quiz you on uh, teams that are defunct or say relocated and change names. Um, so I will ask you. I'll give you seven. I'll ask, I'll ask you, I'll give you a team name, and you have to tell me if it's real or not, if it did exist or not. All right. I, this, is gonna, this is going to be bad, but yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, the Newark Peppers. The Peppers? Like the the, the seasoning? Uh, yes, New Newark Peppers. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that you'll start with one that's yes. That's the only reason I'm saying yes. They did exist at some well, point. You, well, you, you would be correct. They existed for one season in 1915 in the uh, defunct Federal League. <laughs> did was their uh, team logo a pepper shaker? I don't. I don't or know. Like, it was 1915. I don't know if they had a logo. Well, uh, back then, I think <clears throat> every team should have a logo. I I, I don't know. Uh, all right, next one. Uh, the Boston Bombers. The Boston Bombers. That. Just at this point in in history, that that seems seems like a very offensive name. But yeah, I'm gonna say no to that. Yeah, no, you're right. They didn't exist. I I need to get better names. So um, that one was one that you came up with off the top of your head. Yeah, I don't know why. It, you don't know why? I, <laughs> I no, I I realize now why it was. <laughs> it came to me like that, but I'm disappointed that it didn't register initially all right i'm gonna forget that <laughs> happened let's move on yeah um let's see here i'm looking through uh the indianapolis sycamores that's got to be real right how can it be that specific it is not real well okay well it's, it's not a real team okay the sycamores i guess sycamores so. indiana state is the sycamores that's where i got that name from so it is a real team. It's not a real. It's, it's no, a real no, no, mascot. It's not a real MLB team. It's, it's a real a, mascot. There's a real mascot. There's a real that team. Pull that there's a real team of some sport. College. Right. Okay. But it's not a major league baseball. It's a good franchise. name. I would. I think the Sycamores is a sick name. Get okay. it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the Seattle Pilots. That sounds familiar, but I don't think it was baseball i'm gonna say no seattle pilots are a real team oh okay Seattle pilots uh exist existed in 1969 and then became the milwaukee brewers did not know that okay i'd I'd heard of the pilots before i thought it was probably from another sport though that was number five sure (laughs) two more um let's see scrolling through a list uh, Kansas City Packers. Um, I'm gonna say no. They are a real team, Kansas City Packers, 1914-1915. Again, a defunct Federal League team. Okay. Did they turn into anybody or not? Nah? No, born no. Out. These okay. Federal League teams didn't turn into anybody. All right. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see. Excellent preparation. Uh, the, the New York Skyscrapers. I really enjoy that team name, but I don't think that that, that was a team. 
There's not a team. Um, okay, cool. I, I think that's seven. How many did you get right? I don't. Why are you gotta? You're the one hosting. You're supposed to keep track I of this stuff. For me. I think I got at least this, two this, right. You got the first two right. You okay, got that I got, one right. I think I got, got three, three right. right. Cool. On the series for that's three. Better than I thought. So yeah. All right. That was interesting, but also I was completely guessing the whole time. So maybe. Maybe there should be... We could definitely be... prep for something like that better in the future. Maybe there should be more teams, major league teams and team names, so this becomes a little bit more challenging. Maybe we should do all sports next time. Maybe, maybe. So we'll talk about a couple more series here. The Cubs and Cardinals played this weekend. That's always a fun one, fun rivalry. And the Cardinals swept the series. They enjoyed two separate walk-off homers on Saturday and Sunday, one from Colton Wong in extra innings, and the other one from Dexter Fowler, also in extra innings on Sunday Night Baseball. And that was a cool one because Javier Baez in the top of, I think, the 14th inning. It was a long game. And he hit a go-ahead home run. And in the bottom of that inning, you know, the Cubs, I think, were down to one strike away from closing out the game and avoiding the sweep. And I think a Cubs fan at the game flew the W early. That's what the Cubs do when they, they win games. And a visiting fan, I guess, brought a flag with him and flew the W prematurely. And Dexter Fowler made him pay with a walk-off homer off the top of the wall, just out of the reach of Jason Hayward, who, of course, is a former Cardinal. Dexter Fowler, of course, former Cub. And that was that. That's a sweep. And that's a very embarrassing moment for an unfortunate Cubs fan. So yeah, you gotta love you gotta love Cubs fans. Win one World Series in 108 years, and all of a sudden they act like yeah. they're the greatest franchise to uh, have existed. Well, I mean, they're a good team, but they're, no, they're a good team. I'm not putting that past them, but a lot of fans. Yeah. Uh, it it turned from oh we haven't won in 108 years to oh we won two years ago. We are the greatest. This that's that's all they've had to look forward to. And so I'm I'm under, I'm understanding of that. A little change in culture there isn't the worst thing but also the uh the the cardinals just seem to get it done down to their last strike you know ask the texas rangers about that one so well ask nelson cruz about that one that ball should have been caught well yeah jason hayward almost made an amazing catch probably would have been the catch of the no, year no, no, if he no, robbed no, no. the walk of homer in this last game and oh this, that this one Sunday. he also yeah. he also missed the ball sliding like that was right at him I didn't see that one. Okay. It went straight through his glove, and that is your two, 2017 Gold Glove right fielder. He's still a Gold Glover. He's good. I'm still. I'm At still. Defense. I'm gonna be forever bitter that Puig did not win the Gold Glove last year. All right, sure. That sounds fair. Um, and then the last series we'll talk about Astros and Diamondbacks, and of course the Astros pitching is still just destroying everybody. Except the D-backs won the series because that's all they do. D-backs are not looking nearly as sharp, but they just seem to keep winning series. They still have not lost a series. They did draw. They did not win their first series. They split a four-game set last week against the Dodgers, right? They played the Dodgers uh, last week? Yeah. Yes. So still undefeated in terms of series. Un yes. Right. But on Friday, Garrett Cole threw a 16-strikeout shutout. So he is obviously on some other level right now that nobody knows how to get him off of but that was about as dominant as you could be he kept the pitch count relatively low also obviously that's kind of what it takes for a shutout to happen anymore but with 16 strikeouts um and that was 
not even the first pitches. That was not even the first 16 strikeout game of the week. James Paxton struck out 16 earlier in the week. And then Max Scherzer on Sunday threw 15 strikeouts 15? in six, six in a third. Well, no. I mean, no, it's six, six in a third. Six flat. No, third. They pulled him. After he got an out in the seventh. I don't think he got an out in the seventh. I saw a 6.1, and it was like the I'm most— I'm going to check this now because I was, was watching the, It was game. the most strikeouts with getting 19 outs or less. They specified 19 Yeah, outs. from the second inning to the fifth inning— the fifth inning, he ended with a double play ball, Max Scherzer did, and he struck out every, he got a strikeout for every single out from, like, the second out in the second inning to the first out in the fifth inning. So what is that? That's, like, I'm bad at math. I don't know. That's, like, eight. But six and one-third is 19 That's, outs. like, eight or, nine in a, eight or nine outs in a row that were all via strikeout. And then, you know, obviously, 15 total through... Six in a third inning, I guess, is what we're going with now. Yes. The official tally. Um, yeah, unbelievable stuff. But Garrett Cole, you know, he did he did great. And he also did great at the plate. Had a very solid showing of an 0 for 5, 5 strikeout night. And one of those was against Daniel Descalso, renowned Diamondbacks pitcher Daniel Descalso, that is, um, striking about on three pitches. So... That's 21 strikeouts combined for Garrett Cole on Friday, if you combine his hitting and his pitching. And that is tied for the most strikeouts in a nine-inning game, if we're talking cumulative strikeouts. The other two most were Kerry Wood in his 20-strikeout game. He also struck out once at the plate. And Tom Seaver in a 19-strikeout game that he had struck out twice in a game. So 21 combined strikeouts is the most in a nine-inning game ever. And I do believe that there was one pitcher in an extra inning game. I do not have the name that threw 21 strikeouts and struck out once in a game, in, in like a 12 or 13 inning game. So that is, you know, the all-time record. But for nine inning game, Garrett Cole making history here. Impressive okay, see, stuff. See, this is where you and I differ. Because, like, you, can, you combine those homers, but I put it as strikeouts. I put them into, like, a net. Like, mm-hmm. hitting is, like, a negative. So, like, he has 11 net strikeouts because he struck out five times in the plate which makes zero sense either way you do it but uh very impressive you know what i'm 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 cherry picking stats here all right it it take you know how hard it is to cherry pick stats like that there's no there's no database that shows total combined strikeout records for a game i went out there and did some research on that so i understand (laughs) you're cherry picking stats it's the way of america right now but But i did i did work i'm I'm cherry picking my stats in another way and therefore, you are wrong. Well, that's that's a boring stat, though, because I'm sure there's been a lot of games with net 11 strikeouts. You know, but you are still wrong because you cherry picked the stats differently than I did. I am not wrong. I'm not wrong. Based but on according to I... me, according to me, you are. What do you mean? I said total combined strikeouts. I I did nothing wrong. My math checks out. Make 16 news. plus five is 21. All right, we're done with that. Uh, AJ Pollock also had another walk-off hit over the weekend. He's probably the only Diamondbacks hitter that is doing anything right now, last I checked. And he was also player of the week. Was that... Yeah, I think... Yeah, that th- it he was his past week. He was player of the month, too, the, wasn't he? Um, he might have been. Yeah, he, he I believe he's player of the month in April. That is really scary it, for the Dodgers. You should be panicking as a Dodgers fan, then, if AJ Pollock is doing this. Um, I mean... That's all we I have took, to say. We took two out of four from them. AJ Pollock has 
I mean, we obviously know AJ Pollock has been destroying us and every other team that they've played. We're not panicking about AJ Pollock. We don't like him when he comes up, and we know he can hit a home run whenever he wants. But I don't call that whenever panic he necessarily. Wants. All right, uh, you don't have to deal with JD Martinez anymore over there. So, nope. yeah, that's that's all we're gonna talk about. There was a lot more baseball, obviously, that happened. We can't talk about everything. Baseball, baseball. But that is where we're gonna end off the podcast for today. So thanks everybody for joining us. We really do want to hear what you think. So rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, to get all our new stuff and to get in touch with us. You can also uh, check out our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. It's got all of our content, podcasts, articles, fantasy stuff. Anything that you want to see, basically, is there, beattheshiftbaseball.com. And on social media, at beattheshiftbp on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Yeah, get in touch with us. It makes it more fun and just a good time all around. So... Yeah, that is it for today. Fantasy podcast later this week. As always, Ray. Peace.